0: Yo, I put it like wow, Wow. this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bam, bam Stand my ground. Though these money trees go overseas like Percy Tow, I make sure you stay around. Quiet when I'm under loud. No is allowed me. Positivity took a vow. I always play to win. Don't anticipate loss. Mind always in the clown, my boy. Never think about the drop. Never, ever, ever think about the drop. Welcome to it, Sports Fans. It is the MKT show. And if you are a Springbok fan, which not everybody is, but my God, my God, what a time to be alive. I'm finally back in Johannesburg. It's been three and a half weeks of travel and the show goes on. I'm going to Paris tomorrow or or, or at some stage in the next 48 hours. It's It's a bit of a gedunta, but I am on my way to Paris. So it'll be great to watch the box and New Zealand in two separate semifinals. I'm at the semifinals, both of them and indeed the final. Feeling good about that, feeling juiced about that whole situation. So that's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Hope you're having the time of your life wherever you are, whoever you're with. You know. Hopefully, it's somebody who you should be with. And listen, if it's not, say lovey. You know what I mean. Nobody, I've said it before. Nobody just. Nobody just goes wondering. Unmet needs will be met. So. Wherever you are, whoever you're with listening to this, hopefully it's by yourself. Most people's girlfriends say they hate this show. I say most. Like, I've had three people tell me their girlfriends hate this show. I don't mind, by the way. Like, I- I'm making the show because I like it. I-, I don't need anyone to like it. If you don't like the show, don't listen. Although, some people just hate listening, listen, you know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, he-, he. of course. You know, you know those people. Men and women, by the way. Not just the ladies. Because I think people think I'm always just hating on the ladies. Men and women are like that. Oh, boo. So vain. Like, uh, yeah, I, I am. I am. Can't lie about that one. You've got to keep it real. I do have a little bit of vanity in me. I, I'm quite vain. I'm quite vain. If you're thinking that. You know, like, let me just confirm that for you. Anywho, had a great week. Had a great day. Had a lot of uh, middle class problems today, which are still problems, by the way. Middle class problems are still problems, you know. It's like if if a billionaire has problems, it's still a problem. Like today, I had to fetch some stuff that I've been waiting for for four months. I had to go to the main post office in a place called Ormonde. Never been there in my life. Quite an adventure. The Ubers were striking today as somebody who does not have a car in a third world country. Oh, sorry, sorry. A developing nation because there's some PC people out there or there's a smart ass out there. Okay. Nobody says third world anymore. We don't say that anymore. It's developing nation. (laughs) What did Donald Trump call it? Shithole country. Well, in a... Today, I got exposed to the limitations of living in a, in what Donald Trump called a shithole country because the Uber guys were on strike and girls, I would imagine. So it was, it was exciting to try and get an Uber today. As you know, if you're in South Africa, insane. Damn to be alive. Anywho, got that going. Had to had to go from Ormondi, which is in somewhere near Gold Reef City. In the south of Johannesburg, not, not uh, or, or Mondi's not too bad. I told my cousin I had to go there. She was like, "Ugh." Now, my cousin is a big time yuppie, right? She works for the World Bank and makes far too much money, and is a consultant. So she's already a douchebag, but she's also n- never lived anywhere but Bryanston. Like her dad border house in Bryanston when i think it, it you know let's just say the people who live there probably thought he was the gardener who just happened to be in the in the madam's house all the time like that long ago before black people were a thing in suburbia in south africa like regulation you know so she is a yuppie to the limit. And she heard, I'm going to Omonde. 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 I don't know how to say it. Anyway, I was there today. It's not that bad. It, it's a little bit industrial. It, like, it looked nice. It had a nice Toyota thing. No free advertising, but it did have a sweet-ass Toyota thing. Like dealership and stuff. I had to go to the Vitz post office. Met a very nice lady got good service i mean it's taken four months to get something to me which should have taken 11 days but as donald trump said Shit whole country you know what i mean there there are it's a double edged sword it's a double edged sword lots of freedom uh, lots of uh, room for things to go wrong but these are the middle class problems i had today because it's not actually that big of a deal you know like if i've survived four months without it although i did i do actually need the one item For France. So. Anywho. Got that done. Eventually got an Uber. Who hasn't been murdered. Which was nice. And there were two guys murdered today. That are are Uber drivers. I think it was by other Uber drivers. Because the brothers weren't in the strike. Made my way back. We had to sneak into where I live. In the sense that. He couldn't reveal that he was an Uber. Had to pay the man. Off the books. You know. Otherwise, they the, the head cadres are tracking guys with phones. It's like, this is the stuff that's happening. It's mental. Anyway, he eventually dropped me off um, at my house after I hooked him up with a bit of cold hard cash. Cash is still king, baby. Especially in what Donald Trump called. I'm not calling it this. I love South Africa. But Donald Trump called it a shithole country. And today I got exposed to why electric times but i made it i made it through you know somebody has to fight the middle class battles and come out on top because middle class problems are still problems all right what were you talking about today uh, man united uh the bid um i'm already hearing the excuses but i, I want to talk a little bit about the reality for man united fans now i do want to talk about the absolute reality that they have to face because i've been saying they're about three years um, or five years away from competing, not winning the title, competing. Well, I'll I'll tell you, uh, Man United fans, you should be concerned. You should be triple concerned. I'm going to tell you why, uh, with Sir Jim coming in and Sheikh Jasim, uh taking his bid and saying, forget about it, forget about it. He wouldn't say that. He's from Qatar. I, I don't I don't know how to do a Qatari accent. I don't know how to do a Qatari accent. So. He wouldn't say forget about it, but you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible times. It's incredible times at that club at Old Trafford. Heartbreaking, I guess, if you're a United fan. Hysterical if you're not. Um, let's let's start here. The All Blacks beat Ireland, and South Africa beat France. You you know, th- this is the difference between good and legendary. And when I was young, I I don't know if people still use this term, but when we were in high school, um, we used to have a term for, like, if we knew a rugby player, like Peter Grant. I I watched Peter Grant play. Um, And Peter Grant was just a white guy. Like, if you saw him, you'd think, that guy's an accountant, you know? You know when a white guy's just a white guy? Like, when he's wearing, like, tan tackies that are no-name brand, but he's like a multi-millionaire guy you know where he's got his k-weight jacket and his socks are like six years old man does not care about his hair disheveled just a white guy just a rich white guy you 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 know the guy i'm talking about where he does he's not doing too much you know because a lot of other a lot of these other urban folks once they get some money we know we know where that goes anywho let's not even open that one but Peter Grant just looked like a white guy. But he is the most electric high school rugby player I have ever seen. But we used to have a term. We say, he's that guy. And you you can't really explain beyond what I'm saying. But when you say, he's that guy. He's that guy. Like everyone knows. If you listen to this. If you go up to anybody between the age of. 25 and 40 and you say he's that guy they know what you're talking about you, you don't need to do too much you don't need to pontificate and there is a je ne sais quoi about it i don't know if there's a science to it but you know like if you meet a confident man or woman it's like they're that guy they're that girl like i, I don't know what the science is but they just are you know like i met francois pinard uh, about eight years ago for the first time Now I meet him every year. You know what I mean? Shout out to me being besties with Francois Pina. But it's like, he's that guy. Like when I met him, because I've never been like, sure. But when you meet him, he's that guy. You know, you can feel it. Shakes your hand. Makes you feel like you're that guy. He's that guy. Francois Pina's that guy. The guy I'm talking about, he's that guy. France and Ireland learned the difference between being a guy and being that guy. Because all I've heard for 18 months is how good Ireland and France are and how the North is taking over. And how Wales bloody lost to Argentina. Are you joking? But I I think, let's talk about those two big games. Um, New Zealand, Ireland, France, South Africa. Here's where you saw the difference between legendary and just very good. Good. I wouldn't even say Ireland and France are very good. In my eyes, they're just good. Because if you're very good, you win big titles. You don't just beat cannon fodder during World Cups. But yesterday, when you had to win, where were you? I don't hear about refs. Because I didn't hear Richie McCall make that excuse when Wayne Barnes clearly cheated the All Blacks against France in 2007. I, I didn't hear that. So I, I don't want to hear it. Because Richie McCaw and, and the Mandem said, okay, fine. But 11 and 15, this is never happening again. We're eliminating the rest. We're putting 50 on you. That's how you win it. We're going to put 50 on you in the semifinal. Because we that those, New Zealand's those guys. And what I mean by that, and the way we know the difference between legendary and great, France and Ireland... Put out the best performances. Those were the best 80 minutes both countries have ever played in 80 minutes. Ever, ever, ever. They, they cannot do more than they did. And don't tell me about Michelak. Like, everyone's got injuries. Pollard was injured. Like, don't, don't give me that. We don't have the best outside center in the world in Lukanyam. He is injured. Right? So don't give me that. The best hooker in the world is out for the Springboks. Don't give me that. do tell me about injuries. It's part of the game. It's regulated violence. Rugby is regulated violence. Don't whinge if you're great great teams. If you don't have backups, you're not a great team then. You just happen to have some talent. So don't even go there with that. France played the best they could have played yesterday. Ireland played the best they could have played. This is the worst all-black team in 30 years. That was the worst Springbok performance right, in 18 months that I've seen under Rassi and Ninaba. The worst. It's the worst performance. It is France's greatest performance ever. I don't mean it at a World Cup. It is their greatest 80 minutes ever. And it wasn't good enough. You saw the difference between a bunch of guys and those guys. The box are those guys. Because the box shouldn't have won yesterday. But it, it was just a matter of we are a legendary organization, right? Winning's our base standard. So for the box to win yesterday, it's like, no, no, no this is what we have to do. We have to win. And they've, they've sort of infused that into, quote, unquote, I hate to use this sports cliche, into their DNA. Like, the box, we're never going to lose yesterday. They just weren't going to lose. Ireland were not going to beat the All Blacks in a quarterfinal in a World Cup. Sorry. And they're back to being the All Blacks, by the way. They they, they were for about 20 minutes. They, they're no longer the New Zealand international rugby team. But it is the worst All Black team in 30 years. That is Ireland's greatest 80 minutes. And it, quite frankly, wasn't really a contest. I know people say it was close. And both times, both sides... Um, in the for france and ireland was close on the scoreboard but if you watch the game it's like nah the all blacks were actually in control and south africa were in control and and i know people are like oh my nerves i'm like "Uh, really really if you watch the game and you just relax you get you don't get caught up in the so i watch without commentary now i can't handle any of the commentators it's just been it's been a disaster class for me at the world cup i don't know what we're doing but argentina would beat wales what happened to the Northern Hemisphere Revolution? Let me tell you something. I've told everybody. Rugby up there is a joke. Stop telling me there's a revolution happening. The All Blacks in South Africa are winning the World Cup. One of those two. England are going to take 30 from us and we'll concede 10. But I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. And I don't want to hear anybody tell me that DuPont is legendary. What he is is very good and has been very good for 18 months de Dupriar took us to the World Cup. Faf de Clack took us to a World Cup. Aaron Smith, two World Cups. I don't want to hear it, guys. Only losers complain. And then he's talking about the ref. Oh, my God. Brew, you had your chances. What about the three knock-ons in South Africa's 22 that you guys had? Oh, no, no. That's, that's the ref's fault. Come on, man. But I'm, like, I'm sick and tired of the Northern Hemisphere. You know why I wasn't shocked? I've said this before if you listen to the podcast. Rugby is not their thing. It's something they do. It's our thing. In New Zealand, it's their thing. Rugby is New Zealand's thing. Rugby is South Africa's thing. I keep telling people this. It didn't matter that some of our players are playing in Japan. Because South African schoolboy rugby is professional rugby. They, all, Our players are, are the most professionally ready guys at 18 in the world. That's why they go to England. They go to Japan. They go to France. They go to Ireland early, 18, 19. They're like, oh my God. Because our guys are ready. They are battle tested. Because from under 14 until under, until under 18, under 19, which is first team level, they're getting tested like professionals. South African rugby is about as real as it gets. So when France think they're producing a great generation, gray bloom Blum's been producing that every year for 90 years. Palkham's been producing that for 90 years. Portland Lankbo has been producing these guys for 20 years. Dale's been producing these guys for 20 years. If not more. Maritzburg College has been churning out world-class rugby players for a hundred years, give or take. I'm sorry, you, you we not do it. No one from the northern hemisphere is showing us anything we haven't seen. So, sick and tired of it. Let it go. It's not their thing, guys. It's not their thing. It's a beautiful story peaking between World Cups. Oh, you're so good, but this is the difference. You must remember the Springboks and New Zealand have made all these mistakes. Remember New Zealand with Tana Umanga and Christian Cullen and between World Cups they would hum. And then France would beat them at World Cups. It was the same in 1999, it was the same 2003, it was the same 2007. We've made those mistakes. But South Africa and New Zealand are legendary organisations. We don't really care how we're playing between World Cups. We're finding combinations. We're building cap numbers in terms of experience because yesterday was the most experienced South African team that's ever been played, by the way, in terms of um, combined caps on the pitch. But you saw it. It felt tight for us on TV, but I watched them. Like, these guys look comfortable. Everyone knew what they were doing. Jesse Creel, for all of the hate he's gotten, has been sensational in this World Cup. His chip through um, for the one try was just phenomenal for Cheslin's try. And everything about Jesse's performances actually have been incredible. France, Ireland, not those guys, just a bunch of guys. Let it go now. Stop telling me about Six Nations. Stop telling me about Premiership rugby. It's nonsense. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. We're those guys. And and I know South Africans like to pretend to be humble. We're those guys. New Zealand are those guys. When it comes to rugby... Everything else, I don't want to hear it. But when it comes to rugby, we have three, New Zealand have three, Australia have two. Until that changes. Until that changes. And by the way, France will never, DuPont will not win a World Cup. He cannot become a rugby legend. I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday who was telling me. Oh, he's he's a legendary figure. I'm like, it's impossible. He hasn't won a World Cup. We overuse that word. If you want to be a legend, legends have to separate themselves by doing something that very few have done. Fafti Klak is a rugby legend. Fourier de Prez, a legend. Aaron Smith, two in a row. Rugby legend. Kieran Reid, legend. Joan Smith, legend. We're we talking Colisi, legend. Du- Duan... You know? Dwight Fumill, legend. Peter the Toy, legend. These are... Skulk Berger, legend. These are guys who have brought home the William Ware belts. Richie McCall, well... Daniel Carter. Conrad Smith. These are names that you... You know what... As a friend of mine, Lisejo always says, you know what time it is. Anton DuPont. What has DuPont done that Justin Marshall didn't do with, uh, with the Crusaders? george gregan legend you know why because they were central in bringing home a william Weberlis. because here's the thing folks i'll finish off on this if you're a guy or a girl and by the way you can make yourself into this or in whatever industry you're in you're either that guy or you're not there's no in between if if i have to ask if you're a legend you're not a legend If there's any debate, you're not a legend. Because when I say Christian Cullen, you know what time it is. (laughs) He's the greatest fullback to ever play. When I say Daniel Carter, you know what time it is. When I say Ma'ananu, Ben Smith, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. When I say Jean de Villiers, you know what time it is. Jean Smith. Victor Madfield. You, you don't have to think about these names. Brody Ritalik. Whitelock. Sam Whitelock. Oh my goodness. These are not um yeah, but you know what if only These are legends. These are legends where you don't have to think about. It. DuPont is not a legend. He's just very good. Just like Justin Marshall. Very good. Not a legend. Just like Andrew Mertens. Very good. Not a legend. Unless you lift the William Webb Ellis or you're like Christian Cullen where it's like, okay, you know what? Actually. You know what? Actually. But there's very few Christian Cullens. And don't tell me Anton DuPont. DuPont's not even the best scram-off in the world right now. You, you know, Aaron Smith is playing as well as Anton DuPont now. But the issue for Aaron Smith is that he, he's fallen off from legendary in 11 and 15, right? And 19. Up to, I'd say, from 11, 2011 to 19. Aaron Smith played at a legendary level that that very few scrum halves have ever, ever reached. But now he's just world-class. Which is, right now, Anton Dupont is world-class. But he's not playing better than Aaron Smith. It's just that Aaron Smith isn't playing at the legendary level. So we think he's fallen off. But I I don't see where he's better than Aaron Smith. I don't see where DuPont is better than Faf Clack, Other than PR and hype. The, you know what's nice though. For Anton DuPont. And I've used this example before. I love this example. It's because he's being compared to Fabien Galtier. You know his coach. So it's like putting a, a mediocre kid in a, dumb, in a dumb class. And they seem smart. It's like... Of course, DuPont everyone's going to overhype him because French rugby players are crap. I'm sorry. They're crap. They, they, they don't have any legendary, I mean, bona fide legend. And and they're more like for the street players because uh, people will tell you about, oh, Doucetois and all of these, you know, Olivier Magne and all these guys. Where it's cool to say their names and be like, oh, that guy's a legend. Like, Thierry Doucetois is not a legend. Getting to a World Cup final and losing it doesn't make you a legend. I'm sorry. It's all about winning. It's a nice thing about sport. And there should be few legends. In fact, there should be less than 50 legends in every sport. Because legendary means you've separated yourself from even the greats in the sport. There should be great and then there should be legendary. John Eels. You know what I mean? George Gregan. If you're a cricket fan, Shane Warne. Like Mjuta Murlidran. The, Sachin Ntenduka, Ricky Ponting, Alan Borda, these are people who've separated themselves even from the greats. Jacques Cullis, they've gone to a different stratosphere. No French rugby player belongs in Legendary Cauldron. I'm sorry. I'd love to hear your thoughts at MKT Inspires. Your thoughts. Would love to hear. Your thoughts on this one? Um, let's go to the Cricket World Cup. Are um, oh, South Africa good now? Because I've been one of the biggest haters of uh, the Proteas in the last few years. Are they good now? Like, well, what's the vibe there? I think the I think the Proteas are good now. What I will say is, just cancel the fifty-over World Cup, though. Like, is anybody watching? Do we, do, do people care? Or, or what's the what's the vibe there? I'm not, I haven't watched a single ball of the World Cup, by the way. Crick info, shout out. Just because I'm not interested. It, because cricket doesn't take me seriously. And if you think I'm crazy, in a country like India, the stadiums are empty. Now, obviously, there's, there's probably other reasons. But what? Empty cricket stadium in India? What? The people are telling you. You don't need all three formats. One has to go. Like T20 has to go. 50 has to go. Like one of those two has to go. You tell me. Just cancel the Cricket World Cup. And have the T21. Or cancel the T21 and just have this one. But uh, come on. Empty stadiums in India. It's impossible. It's impossible. Are you watching the Cricket World Cup? Do you care? Is that weird times, but I guess it's not for us. You know, the, the consumer market is Indians, right? Nearly 2 billion people. So let's say four, five 500 million of those are middle-class active consumers. So, you know, who cares about South Africans and people in England? It's only like, what, 90 million of us. Why well, don't know, Maybe a bit more. Maybe 150 million between South Africa and England, and then Australia. No one cares because they don't even care about cricket. So fair enough, but I'd cancel it. I, I, I actually now the produce are good. I really don't care. Like I just, I love cricket, but I just don't care. Like myself and ODI's went through a divorce. Your thoughts? MKT Spice. Should they cancel Cricket World Cups? And just have T20. Or cancel T20 and have 50 overs. I'm guessing T20 will win. But I'd love to hear what people have to say. MKT inspires. Otherwise, hit me up. MKT at the Show.com. Calm, 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 calm. Listen, I just got back from Cape Town. A week in Cape Town. Um, yes. Time to be alive. Cape Town. Yo. I was saying to somebody yesterday... I don't deserve this life. I'm, I'm living an insane life right now. Um, Cape Town was hard work. I was working Cape Town Marathon, um, but I, I had a I had an incredible time. Um, did some running along the beach, uh, or on the promenade. I mean, I didn't run on the beach. But by the way, speaking of the beach, I mean, why do black people go to the beach? Like, okay, I get. Everyone likes to swim, right? I get that. But other than that, it's just a windy and sand in my teeth. I already look the color that white people want to be. Why am I going to the beach? Like to all my white friends, stop inviting me to the beach. What's in it for me? I've got a swimming pool at home. I have my whole life. Why am I going to the beach? What am I doing at the beach? Now i imagine it's a different time i'm not saying black people can't go to the beach and swim fair enough fair dinkum if you're saying i'm ignorant but why is that a fun time for black people because because no one's swimming like let's say you go for six hours no one's swimming for four hours at the at, like the salt water is just terrible right like no one's swimming that long and it's tiring to swim in the sea so, I, I don't know. What do black people do at the beach for so long? Love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires. Like, I don't enjoy beach holidays anymore. Like, I used to when I used to drink because it's an awesome setting. There's nothing better than. Well, back in my day, there was nothing better than getting grilled in Ibiza on the beach. We're doing it, you know. And and different setting, by the way. I do like that beach setting for we're having a jaw with cocktail vibes. Obviously, game changer. But I'm saying, hey, you're in Cape Town. Let's go to the beach. Like, I'm not going to say her name, but no. No, I'm not going to the beach. It's going to get sand in my teeth. I can't be the only human who feels that. I'm sure even there's a few Caucasians who just think, oh my God, this is terrible. It's a windy, sand in my teeth. And, like, it's actually not that enjoyable. Like, lots of people have, like, a sexual fantasy to have sex at the beach. I'm like, firstly, I've done it. Not that great. But it's also terrible. It's it's not what you think. Because there isn't, a, like, people on a movie set blocking out the, the conditions. But also, like, the beach is a bit of a misery. Really. Like, it's it's not. Unless you have kids, you know. Like, if you're playing paddle on the beach and stuff... Like, I get that. that That is a cool part of it. But I can play paddle at home. Or at a padel court. Not the same thing. paddle, Padel. But you get my point. Like, I know people with big yards. Let's get the paddle sticks out and put some lilos in the pool. You know what I mean? I'd like to check the cricket score. And there's no sand in my teeth. Anywho. Don't even know how I got there anyway my point was if you got a bit excessive and a bit out of hand like i did in cape town i didn't really get out of hand i let me just say i had a good time plus i worked brutal two days woke up 3 a.m you know what i mean no 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 one cares though like whatever people must work hard like like my job's hard like i'm working in a mine oh my god i'm talking listen to me working hard I'm working in a mine, a coal mine somewhere in in Wales. I'm not. (laughs) I'm not. I get to work at world class athletic events. Been doing that for three weeks. Anywho, smashed it in Cape Town. You know, two three big days, elite press conference, amazing. It was amazing. Cape Town Marathon, sensational, best event in South Africa. If you're into events, so certainly best lifestyle event. Just incredible. Yeah, they're trying to be an avid world major um which means they, they'll be the same as like new, tokyo new york you know all of the big ones chicago uh there's six of them so it was, it was just sick and the guys who ran it are uh, faces media just a bunch of professionals a guy called barry Van Black, who's the race like manager oh he's like yeah he's the race director just a biscuit that guy I just I can't tell you how much I love working. Because there aren't many of them in the world, by the way. Because I'm doing work now with the Premier League and La Liga. Even in those institutions, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so painful. Because there aren't many professional people in the world. Don't confuse getting paid to do something with being a professional. Just because you get paid to do something and it's your profession, it doesn't mean you behave professionally. This... Like, I can't say it enough about this Barry von Black guy. Oh, what a biscuit, that guy. Just what a biscuit. What an absolute, what a munchkin, what a mensch. Just made the weekend a pleasure. And what a banger of an event in Cape Town. I mean, people who ran, you just see the running. I mean, getting to see the belly of the beast. What it takes to get the elites there. Oh, man. I can't tell you, I was... You know, I don't often get nostalgic about my country, but I was extremely proud of the way Cape Town and South Africa represented itself this weekend. Because we're aiming up, right, as Jordan Peterson says, trying to, trying to join, like, Tokyo and New York as in that field. Because serious cities have serious marathons, eh? Like, real cities have serious marathons. So, had a great time. But if you had too much of a good time, Right, And now you have to apologize to your partner. Well, that's your problem. But you know to make you feel better? Just for a second. Like pull over, probably having a coffee, whatever day it is you're listening to this. You probably haven't apologized to her, still feeling bad, haven't apologized to him. Maybe you, you went on the girls weekend and you said you'd be back on Sunday. You only came back on Tuesday. And now he's, he's upset. You're in the doghouse i can't help you there but what i will say will make you feel better do something for someone else that someone else is me go and rate the podcast please if you've got two minutes give it five stars leave a comment you know whatever the sky is the sky's a knob <laughs> i mean you could leave that ideally not but whatever you know if you believe it leave it just leave a comment but give it five stars Give it five stars, nothing else. Don't vote or give it five stars. You know what I mean? Go go all in. Or don't be in at all. Alright, let's talk Man United. Um the Glazers wow. Incredible. In- incredible. Incredible what is going on here. It is incredible. What's happening with Man United and the Glazers. Absolutely incredible. Sheikh Jassim's bid for $5 billion was withdrawn, which essentially means it was rejected. Um, Look, here's the thing, right? The one thing that won't save a rocky marriage is adding more human factors to it. Because people by their very nature, all of us are chaotic. Some of us are just better at hiding it. Like, let me give you an example. If you're having issues with your wife, right? don't get a girlfriend to come live with you and your wife I think that's going to solve it that's not going to solve your marriage it's not going to solve your marriage you know what's important in relationships and football clubs are in a relationship with their fans it's vibes vibes matter and I don't mean them like some trust fund kid who goes on a yoga course I don't mean those kinds of vibes I mean the management of relationships with people. That's what vibes are. Well, that's how I look at vibes. How do you manage your relationships with the people that matter in your life? That That's the vibrations now. That's the vibes, dog. Vibes matter, especially in pressure environments. You know, the people I see that are most successful under pressure is they communicate well when the squeeze is on. Pressure needs good vibes. International football, particularly English Premier League football, is the highest, most demanding levels of pressure. Man United just feels negative, man. From the playing side, to the ownership, to the executive, there's nothing. The, the stadium's rotten, rotting. As you can see, there's a hole in the roof at Old Trafford, by the way. Didn't know that till this week. Ten years, no title. Worst start in English in, in Premier League history. And by the way, by the way... What if Sir Jim's thing fails? Because about 60% of the world gets divorced now. Everyone just, obviously, no one gets married to get divorced. But everyone just presumes this is going to work. We're dealing with human beings here. It doesn't matter if they're billionaires. They are human beings. And I said to you years ago, Man United were five years away. I said to you this year, Man United are still five years away from competing. Here's why. And I think that number has changed. But Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, Aston Villa, and Man City are all ahead of Man United in every aspect that an elite football club should be in. Now, I'm not going to look at it in, oh, this year Chelsea aren't in the Champions League. I like to look at it in five year spurts. Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, Aston Villa, and Man City are all ahead as things stand, in terms of setting a base and a foundation to go and win in the future. I don't count Liverpool because I think, like Man United with Fergie, they are Jürgen-centric. And I don't count Spurs because they Spurs. So that's five clubs that are all in a sporting, economic, executive, operational sense, already two years ahead of Manchester United, as we speak. Newcastle in year two, Chelsea in year two, Arsenal in year four. Aston Villa in year two, Man City are a perfect operation. So even if, let's say Sir Jim came in and he's a business guru and he's the greatest businessman in the history of football operations, Man United are only three years behind because he's only really going to get started next year. So you're already three years behind the most behind team in those five, right? which is probably Chelsea. So you're three years behind Chelsea's cycle. Or what do do people think? Like, do you think Newcastle are going to stand still while you figure it out? What are we doing? Five clubs they have to catch just to compete. I'm not talking about winning. They will not beat Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man City. Villa are looking good. But I'm saying they will not beat Newcastle, Chelsea, Arsenal, Man City. And they will not beat Liverpool while Jürgen is there. So that's certainly five clubs that they will not beat on the football field in the next five years. Man United, realistically, because we don't know what's going to happen with Sir Jim, they're a decade from competing. Because Sir Jim and the Glazers are going to take two or three years to figure each other out. Listen, we've read all the speculation that Sir Jim will take over in three years completely, blah, blah, blah. We don't know that. We've seen things change. Everybody gets married not to get divorced. We don't know how this relationship is going to work. What if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? If anything, the one thing the Glazers have been consistent about, they've pissed everyone off. Now, listen, they are a legacy. This is the second generation. So these guys didn't make the money, right? Their, their dad did. But I'm just saying, they are a legacy business family. I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing in terms of business. But what they don't know how to do is manage relationships With parents. And keep in mind. The Glazers by the way. Own the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who have the worst. Right. The worst win record. In all of a major American sport. They've got two Super Bowls. But in terms of percentage. Winning percentage. Right. The Glazers own the Buccaneers. Who have the worst win record. In major American sports. So that's the big three. Right. Baseball. NFL, and indeed the NBA. So, so I'm not saying they're not legendary. I believe they own mall spaces across America. They they basically own all of the land that, not all, but a lot of the land that uh, mall malls are built on. Um, I don't really understand how their business works, but th- that's how they made their money. So they're legendary business people. But my God, what a disaster as a sports ownership group. It's madness. It's madness. And for Man United fans, it's another decade until you compete. Because it's never going to be about football now. Now you've got another guy in the house who wants a say. It doesn't matter what they've discussed. People don't change. Rich people don't change. The Glazers are going to want a say while they're there. Because they will want to protect their exit plan. And the asset... ...in their eyes and they will tell Jim what will give them the maximum value... ...after the American World Cup, which, are, which is when I believe they'll exit. The world Cup in America will give exposure to the most sophisticated market in the world. Once America latches on, then there's value. Then I imagine Man United's value will go crazy. Sponsorship comes in and then they sell. I don't know that to be a fact... I think that's what it's it's looking like with all the rumours of 3 years. But it's madness. And if you're a Manchester United fan, settle in. It's going to be another decade and you're going to become Liverpool now. You're going to become Arsenal now. 2 decades of no title. And I think I'm being kind by the way. Another another 5-6 years of chaos. You could become Aston Villa. Big club. But because you Man United fans have to be honest, you're already you're, you're using a lot of Liverpool's rhetoric in the noughties. We were. You're starting to sing names of people that have retired from football. That should worry Man United fans. That's only 10 years in. And the thing about it, the Glazers aren't going to change. It's been absolute chaos for a decade. The management of this club has been shambolic. The hiring of managers has been shambolic. Why would they change now? They're making money and they're reaping the rewards they want. Why would the Glazers change now? It's only going to get worse. And now there's another guy. What's Sir Jim doing there? Why is he there? I mean, I've read. Obviously, I've read what he wants to do. But my God. You had the exit plan. Although, in a business sense, the Glazers know how much they want. They will get it in the end in whatever way. But if you're a Man United fan, I will say it again. It's another decade. 2033-2033. And you won't have been close to another title at this this rate. Love to know what you think. Is Sir Jim a good idea for Man United? If you're a Man United fan, are you feeling hopeful with Sir Jim? If you are, why? MKT at the MKT Show would love to hear your thoughts. United and non-United fans, is this going to work? Is Sir Jim good news? Is it a breath of fresh air? Does the debt at Man United matter? Why are the Glazers so bad? Why does it matter that they're imposing debt on Man United? Why is that? Why, why should Man United fans care about that? I'd love to hear what people have to say about that. MKT Inspires or MKT at the MKT Show. Would love to hear your thoughts. I'm off to Gay Paris. If you're in Paris, listen, I'll I'll tell you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in Paris. There might be some slight changes, but at the moment, it's Paris, Lyon, Monaco, Chamonix. And I think that's it. Paris, Lyon, Monaco, Chamonix. Uh, And Corsica. Sorry, I will be in Corsica. So if you're in any of those places, hit me up. MKT inspires. Would love to fist bump and not go to the beach. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is MKT. This has been the MKT show. And for now, I am the hell. Out of here.